Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. All right. Well, happy Father's Day, New Life Church. Man, you people act like you like each other or something. Come on now. Happy Father's Day, Brad. Good to see you, buddy. You made it on time to church and everything. Love you, dude. Hey, I cannot think of a better way to celebrate the dads in the house than with cool cars in the parking lot, a Harley Davidson parked up front, and hot dogs on the grill. Can I have an amen? Yep. All the men said, we're going to do church like it every weekend, and the lady said, not a chance, right? Did you guys notice there's not any flowers anywhere? Anywhere. I looked. No photo ops. You can take a picture in front of a cool motorcycle. No photo ops. It's a dad's day, man. Hey, I do want to say this, though, before we get started. I am so stinking proud of the men in this room. And I am so honored to be your pastor. You know, as I was preparing for this weekend's message, I couldn't help but reflect back on the men in this church. And I thought about our Better Man Life group. How many of you guys were in our Better Man Life group? Raise your hands. All around this room, man. This, this sanctuary was full of men at night, meeting, getting into God's Word and growing spiritually, learning how to be better fathers, better husbands, how to grow spiritually. And then I thought back on when the storms moved through central Arkansas and how many men dropped what they were doing. They loaded up their equipment. They loaded up their tools. I'm talking about successful men. And they went and served their neighbors. And, man, I just want to say thank you. I'm so proud of you. Man, I'm proud of the way that you're growing. I'm proud of the way that you're, that you're stepping up and being the spiritual leaders in your homes. Um, how many perfect fathers do we have in the room? There's only one, and it's God. Uh, we've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short. But I tell you what, the men in this room, they want to grow. Can we give it up for the dads in the house one more time this morning? Today is a little different service, hence the Harley. I mean, come on, right? How many people have a Harley Davidson in front of the stage? I mean, that's cool. But I want to talk to you a little bit different. I mean, I want you to lean in for just a second. I'm not going to preach to you from a platform today. I want you to pretend that we're in the locker room and it's halftime of the national championship and everything's at stake. Everything's on the line. The first half, we, had some, we put some points on the board. We scored a few points, but we made a few fumbles. But we're still in the game. Can I have an amen? amen. Today, I want to coach you a little bit. Can I do that? But I don't want to coach you on my experience. I want to take the word of God and show you some areas that we can implement in our daily walk as husbands, as fathers, as friends, as brothers, as sisters, as wives, that we can implement into our life that will allow us to grow in our relationship, not just with one another, not just with our spouse, but our relationship with God. Can we do that today? Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much for the men in this room. I thank you, God, that they showed up today, that they didn't stay home, they didn't stay in bed, they didn't wait for somebody to wait on them. God, they showed up to church, they brought their family to church. And Father, I thank you for that. But God, would you just speak to us today? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what it is that you would have us take from this message? Not my words, Father, but yours. 
It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Now listen, you guys better preach back to me today or I'm going to come down and sit down beside you and preach from right there. You hear me? We're going to have some fun in church today. Is it okay to have fun in church? All right, now you can't ride the motorcycle while I'm speaking. Y'all going to have to wait until afterwards. We started a series a few weeks ago on the life of David. And the first weekend, we took a 30,000-foot view of David's life. We went back to King Saul. And we noticed that there was one thing very special about David, and that is that he wasn't perfect. How many of you say, I'm not perfect? He wasn't perfect. But God still called him a man after his own heart. I love that. Last weekend, Pastor Adam brought a great message on David and Goliath. Can I just say this? There's going to be a time in your life, and I wish this wasn't so, but it's just the truth. There's going to be a time in your life when you're going to have to face a Goliath of your own. That Goliath may come in the form of an illness. It may come in the form of a strained relationship. It may come in the form of a loss of a job. But you're going to have to face your Goliaths. What I want to do today is I want to give you some tools and some resources that you can put in your belt. That when that day happens, that you don't tuck tail and run, but that you face that giant head on. Can I have an amen? You see, the cool thing about David is this. David was a man that made a lot of mistakes. Did you know that David is documented in Scripture to have made more mistakes than anybody else that we read about in the Word of God? Documented through God's Word. But I'm going to tell you the unique thing. Your unique thing. That's a new word. I just made that up. Pretty cool. The unique thing about David is it's also documented more than any other person that we read through Scripture of how many times he went to the Lord for direction and repentance. We're going to make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. It's what we do beyond those mistakes is what determines, honestly, our future. But I want to fast forward a little bit from the battle between David and Goliath to a town called Ziklag. Now, Ziklag was a town of pain for David. David had faced a lot of rejection in his life. If you go back and look, he was rejected by his family, and then he earned some favor with King Saul, and then ultimately King Saul ends up rejecting him over jealousy. He's rejected by his wife. He ends up trying to fight a battle with somebody, and they reject him based on his motives. They don't know what they are. David faces a lot of rejection in his life. But the thing about Ziklag is there's a lot of pain that comes from this place. One day, his family gets kidnapped. And we're going to read about that today. But how David responds in that moment teaches us a lot that we can do in our daily walk with God. If you got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 4. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not going to get there, say, I'm not going to get there, but I'll read it on the screen behind you. <laughs> David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and in taking captive the women and everyone else in it both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. How would you like to come back to that? So David and his men, they wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Listen, we live in an imperfect world, and because of that, there's going to be times that you're going to be hurt. 
the greatest sense of pain in our life typically come from relationships. It's people. People are going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. Not intentionally. I'm going to let you down. Not intentionally because I'm a person. But people hurt you. Sometimes on accident. Sometimes even on purpose. It's how we respond in those moments of pain and hurt that determines the direction we go from there. But they also can be the greatest blessing and the greatest joy. Here, David's devastated. And God gives us a master class on how he responds at this time, in this situation, for us to be able to fight for our family. How many of you would agree, we've got to fight for our family right now? There's never been a time that's more important than right now at this moment in history that I can think of that it's time for us as the spiritual leaders in our home and our men to stand up and fight for our families. Listen, we have to have a solid foundation. And we can't build that foundation on what the world tells us. We have to build it on what the Word of God tells us. But if you're knocked down, and some of you have been, the first thing you have to do is don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore the hurt. This is the macho approach. Anybody ever swept it under the rug, pretend it didn't happen? Right? As long as I don't think about it, as long as I don't talk about it, as long as you don't bring it up, it didn't happen. I don't have to worry about it. It doesn't work. You can't ignore it. It's not going to go away. Here's the problem with that. Psalm 32.3 says, When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all the day long. Anybody ever hurt yourself so bad you were afraid to look at it? Like ever shot your toe with a nail gun or something? I shot myself in the hand with a BB gun one time. I, didn't, I wasn't a smart kid. I thought it was unloaded. It wasn't, okay? And the moment it happened, I, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. As long as I don't look at it, it didn't happen. Blood's going everywhere. I run in the house, interrupt my father. He's in one of those important conversations. I actually think it was his banker he was sitting down talking to. And I'm like, Dad, I shot myself with a BB gun. My dad is a was a surgeon with an old Henry pocket knife. Anybody ever been operated on in the room with an old Henry pocket knife? You haven't lived until you've had something cut out of your hand with an old Henry pocket knife. He went straight to the rubbing alcohol and the old Henry. I screamed at a level that I didn't even know was possible. It hurt. Listen to me. Regardless of how much the pain hurts, it's still there whether you ignore it or not. You still have to face it. But I want you to ask yourself a question. I'm going to get serious for a minute. What is broken down in your life right now that you're trying to ignore? Let me ask you again. What is broken down right now at this moment in your life, not your neighbors, not your moms, not your spouses, in your life that you're trying to ignore? And if we're being honest, some of you have some rebuilding to do. But I got some really good news for you. You're in great company. Because we all do. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have some work to do. Can I have an amen? I've never witnessed a successful marriage, relationship, or anything else that didn't take some work. Not one of them. And if you're one of those men that likes to sit back and let everybody else do the heavy lifting, you're going to get the same return on your investment that you put into it. Some of you have some lifting to do, but it's okay. You're not alone. 
The problem is that so many times people want to throw in the towel at the first sign of resistance. It's like, file an insurance claim. Call the adjuster. Let them tell me what I make out of this deal. I'll move on. God never created us to give up. Have you ever wondered why it's the breastplate of righteousness and not the backplate of protection? It's because God didn't create you to run from it. He created you to go to it. He's given you the tools. He's given you the resources. He's given you the armor. It's what we do with it that makes the difference. As I was preparing this message, I thought to myself, I want to know someone that we can go to in Scripture that maybe has a good process. That regardless of where we're at in the stage of being a father, maybe we're not a father yet. Maybe we've got a, a strained relationship with our father. Maybe we've lost our father. What, what is a process, tried and proven process in the word of God, that if we were to implement it into our daily routine, that would allow us to rebuild some walls that were broken down? And there are many examples through the word, but the person that I went to was Nehemiah. Now, we know that Nehemiah was known for rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem in 52 days, but he didn't do it by himself. But the thing that I want you to get today is I want you to get the process that he used to rebuild the wall in 52 days. Some of you have been trying to rebuild your relationships for 52 months, and you're getting nowhere. But this is important. What did Nehemiah do that allowed him to have the success that he had? The first thing that he did is he went to the king. Now, he went to a different king than I'm going to tell you to go to. You see, Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king. But the problem is, is when we're facing resistance and where our walls are coming down, the first thing that you have to do is you have to go to the king, and that king is Jesus. But when he went to the king, what was the next thing he did? Well, why did he go to the king? You see, the first thing, which is what we all miss, is Nehemiah's heart had to be broken for the people in that region. We want to skip that, don't we? Some of you are going to have to allow yourself and your heart to be broken for the person that's in the relationship instead of just being upset for what you're not getting out of the relationship. Now, that's good preaching. I don't care who you say. Let me say that again. I'll slow down for you people. Some of you are going to have to allow your heart to be broken for the person in the relationship and not just be upset for what you're not getting out of the relationship. Nehemiah allowed his heart to be broken. He went to the king. And then what did he do next? He didn't just go start stacking stones. No, Nehemiah went and he surveyed the damage. For some of us, we get so close and we get so caught up in our daily routines and our work schedule and raising kids and families and trying to make ends meet that we're so close to it that we don't realize that we have some walls around us that are crumbling. Sometimes we have to take a step back as a husband and as a father and we have to survey the damage. That's what Nehemiah did. Why did he do that? I'm going to tell you why he did it. It's because he knew that if it didn't have a solid foundation, it didn't matter how much work you put into it, it was going to crumble at the first storm that came along. And you're going to have storms in your life. You're going to face them. But you have to have that foundation. If you're trying to build something on your own foundation, on your own will, on your own ability, the first time that a little resistance comes, you're going to crumble every time. But this is important. He allowed God to break his heart. He went to the king. He surveyed the damage. 
And then what did he do next? Y'all remember this story? He brought people along beside him. He didn't try to do it by himself. You see, if Nehemiah would have had all the steps right, except for this one, he would have never finished the wall around Jerusalem. He never would have. But he brought people along beside him. This is the very reason that almost every message that I preach from this stage, at least one time I say something about the importance of life groups. Get in a group, get in a group, get in a group. 35 minutes on a Sunday morning is not enough. Find some people to do life with, guys. Maybe you need to check, your, check the circle that you're in. Maybe your circle needs to change. You're the only one that knows that. But find some people to come along beside you. That's one of the things I love about this church. You say, well, life groups, they're not happening right now. Yes, they are. Men, if you're in this room right now, right now, every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., there's a group of men that meet for breakfast at Wagon Wheel Restaurant right here in Greenbrier. And they're doing a lot more than eating bacon, aren't they, Jonathan? Jonathan, the, the really cool-looking dude that's got the even cooler cowboy hat on, he leads that group. And they don't just sit around and eat bacon and biscuits. I'll tell you what they do. They take the message from the weekend in four, and they dig into the Word of God, and they say, how does this apply to me and my life? What did we take out of this? You're invited. If you're a man, you're invited. If you're a woman, you are not invited to that group. I started to say something else, and I'm not going to. <laughs> this is for men. Eddie, you laughed at that. That was funny. Show up. Show up. You won't be alone. If you don't want to walk in by yourself, it's a restaurant. We take, we take the, the, the embarrassment out of it. Just walk in like you're coming in to eat bacon. And sit down at a table with somebody and go, Tim told me to come here today. <laughs> you're good. Well, Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m., they don't work. Okay, that's fine. Well, our new breed, they meet every month right here in the foyer. And, man, I'm going to tell you what. I get so excited when I come to new breed. Why? Because I look around this church and it's full of men that are not perfect. They've made a lot of mistakes. David made more mistakes than you did. But God still used him in a powerful way and called him a man after his own heart. But let's be like David and go to the Lord in repentance and ask him for some direction and see what he can do with us. Are you all with me today? Let's get back to David. The key to the success that we're either going to experience or not experience comes down to whether or not we're willing to show up. You got to show up. You can't wait for someone else to do it for you. Do y'all remember Doubting Thomas? I preached on him not too long ago. And if you remember the thing about Doubting Thomas is he didn't have all the answers he had some questions, but he showed up. Some of you in this room, right now, today, at this moment, you're still trying to figure out what this relationship with Jesus is. And you don't have all the answers. Well, can I just say this? I am so stinking proud of you. You showed up today. Keep showing up. Now, I'll tell you, you may not get all the answers. But we'll go to the Word of God. And we'll see what it says. 
You know what? The church and the home needs to be the safest place for the most difficult questions. Would you guys agree with that? You can ask the hard questions. And if we don't know the answer, we'll tell you. But there's a few things that I do know is that we serve a good God. And he doesn't want you to walk through it alone. He'll bring people around you. But you're going to have to show up. So don't ignore it. But number two, don't run from it. David did not run from the problem at Ziklag. You see, verse 6 says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. He was worried about his life at this point. I mean, these men, they followed him to battle or what they thought was going to be battle. They're rejected. They send him back. They're like, did we put our faith in the wrong person? And then they start talking about taking him out. But David doesn't waver. I want you to see this. But David found strength. Everybody say strength. David found strength in the Lord, his God. We cannot solve a problem by running from it. But God gave you a spiritual armor to engage in the fight. But have you ever felt like running? I mean, just be honest. Anybody ever felt like running? Some of you came to church for the very first time. You saw a Harley parked up front, and you thought about running out of this place. What is going on here? For the record, I think that's the first time a Harley's ever sat in the sanctuary of a church. First time it's sat in one here. Kind of cool. Chris wants to ride it around service in a little bit during invitation. I wouldn't let him. We've all thought about retreating at different times. We've all thought about running from the, from the fight. Psalm 55, 6 says, and I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Anybody ever wanted to just fly away? Well, that's a human response. But God gives us the tools and the resources to prevent us from running from the fight. The problem is everyone's looking for an escape. They want to run from the problem. I had one of our campus pastors, he put it this way. He said, running from a problem is like a ride at Disney World. <laughs> you wait in line for three hours to ride a three-minute ride only to get off at the same place that you got on. <laughs> There's some truth to that, right? But when David gets back to Ziklag, how he responds, it teaches us how we are to fight for our families. You know, Ziklag actually means pressed down, and man, it was for David. So David decides he wants to fight a battle in the Philistine, with the Philistines, and they reject his offer to fight. They don't trust his motives. It's embarrassing for David. But David is looking so hard to fit in somewhere. David faced rejection most of his life. Everybody in this room wants to be accepted. question is, is where are you trying to be accepted at? Because if you truly want acceptance, Christ is the only one that's truly going to accept you into his family. You say, well, I'm a little different than the people around me. Good. God created you that way. If we were all alike, it would be a really boring life, wouldn't it? Each one of us are unique, and God created you that way. And he did not make a mistake when he created you. But after the rejection, they start back on a 50-mile hike from Ziklag. Three days it takes them to get back. And the Malachites, they had taken the town down. They would burned it to the ground. 
They had taken their wives and children hostage. But this is the part that I really want you to get. David didn't run. He may have wanted to, but he didn't ignore it. He probably could have, but he didn't hide it. He really couldn't. 1 Samuel 30, verses 6 through 8 says, Further, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. So he was fearful for his life. For all of them were embittered, each man for his sons and daughters. But David felt strengthened and encouraged in the Lord, his God. David said to Abathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring me the ephod. So Abathar, there's, I'm butchering that name, by the way. Brought him the ephod. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band of raiders? Will I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you will certainly overtake them, and you will certainly rescue the captives. What does David do? He says, Bring me the ephod. The ephod was a spiritual garment that the priests wore. You see, David was a warrior, and he had experienced some success at this point. But he didn't say, bring me my sword. He said, bring me the ephod. There's so much that we can learn from this. You see, David sought God's direction and God's guidance. But it would have been very easy because it was an area that he was familiar with, battle, that he could have just grabbed his sword and went after them. I experienced this a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. We had some stuff that we were working on with our family, and it was an area that I'm very experienced in and, and have a lot of experience with and was pretty comfortable with. And to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't really seek the Lord's direction much on it. I just really felt like that's what I was supposed to do. And I kept running against the resistance. And I couldn't figure out, why am I running against this resistance? I mean, this isn't something that I've ever had an issue with. So we took a step back. We come together, my wife and I, and we, we give it to the Lord and say, God, I don't know why we're facing this resistance and this decision, but if, if you want us to do something differently, show us what that is and make it very clear to us. The minute that we did that, he revealed to us a different direction that we were supposed to go in on that decision. And it was, in two days, it was taken care of. We can sometimes get in a place as a father that we're so comfortable being a dad and making the decisions, or as a husband, because we're so comfortable being a husband and making the decisions, or as a son, or as a daughter, and I can continue on, that we just do it on our own will, and we don't seek the Lord's direction on it. But David didn't do this. Now, David went to the Lord. He said, God, show me what it is that you want me to do. Am I going to have success if I take this, make this decision, if I go this direction? Isaiah 61.3 says, put on a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. And then the third thing, and we'll get you guys out of here. You got to go. You have to go recover what you lost. There comes a point when you have to make a decision, I'm tired of running, and I'm going to recover what the enemy's taken from me. And I know this, as long as you try to do something on your own, God's going to let you do it. But when you make the decision to come to him and allow him to give you some direction, he'll be there for you every time. But men, don't quit. Don't quit. 
If the enemy's tried to take something from you, your relationship, maybe your relationship with your son, don't give up. Keep fighting for it. I have a friend of mine that had a strained relationship with his father for over 20 years. He spent a lot of time in God's word and in prayer, and he went and he restored that relationship with his dad. Listen, maybe you have some strained relationships right now in this room. But it's Father's Day, so you come to church. Let me tell you something. We may need to survey the damage. We may need to get to a place and realize that we're not perfect, that our fathers are not perfect, the people around us are not perfect, that we're imperfect people. But there's a perfect God that will restore what the enemy has tried to take from us. But you're going to have to go get it. Verse 17 through 19, David fought them. He went. And he fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day. And none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. And David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything. Everybody say everything. He brought everything back. Everything that you've lost, everything that you think has been torn down in your marriage, everything that you think has been torn down in your relationship with your father, everything that you think is gone forever, God can restore. But you got to take it to him. You got to quit ignoring it. You got to stop stuffing it away. You may have to have some difficult conversations, but go get it. Amen? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I want to pray for you really quick. I love Father's Day when we get a chance to come together and hang out. And cool cars in the parking lot, motorcycles in the sanctuary, and hot dogs. Man, it's just a cool day. But I'm going to tell you what's most important about today is that you realize that if you're here right now, if you're here at this moment, there's time. I want you to realize that it's halftime and there's a lot more at stake than a football game. It is your family that's at stake. And I want you to take some of the process that Nehemiah used to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. And I want you to put it in place in your daily walk with him. I want you to put some tools in your tool belt so when you face that next Goliath, you know how to beat him. You know how to defeat him. I want you to allow God to break your heart for the person in the relationship and stop focusing on what you are or are not getting out of that relationship. I want you to go to the king and get on your knees and say, God, I need your help. And then when you stand up, I want you to step back and I want you to survey the damage. And I want you to realize that you may have tore down some walls or you may have built some walls in the wrong place. And if that's the case, bring some people around you. Come to a men's breakfast. Get connected in a life group. Get plugged into a serve team. Show up. Just show up. You may not have all the answers. You may have some questions. You may even have some concerns. But show up. 
Because there's too many men in this world right now that are not showing up. And the statistics are alarming. The suicide rate is alarming. The pain is alarming. But it's not too late. But you got to go after it. Some of you in this room, you've been rejected your whole life. Like David, his family rejected him. He knew what rejection was. His wife rejected him. Some of you know what that rejection feels like. He wanted to go fight a battle with the Philistines, and they even rejected him. Wouldn't even let him fight with them because they questioned his motives. He comes back. His home's burned to the ground. Everything he thought he had, gone. Wife, kids, gone. He had all the excuses, but he didn't run. He went to the Lord. And if you're here this morning and you'd say, you know what, Tim, you're right. If I was to step back right now and be honest, I would say that there are some walls that have been torn down in my family. It's been torn down in my relationship. And if I'm being brutally honest, I've probably kicked some of them down myself. And because of that, I've built some walls. I've built some calluses on my heart. And all I'm focused on is what I can get out of the relationship. I'm not even focused on the person that I'm in the relationship with. Well, I want to tell you what. We serve a God that loves you. And he cares about you. And there's not a prayer that will return void. Not a single one. And I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week. 